You're listening to Sandwich Talk with me, Jonathan Stark, and our guests today, Ailey and Eloise. Hey there! Hello. Sandwich Talk. Okay, so this week we're doing something quite different instead of the sandwich current events that we would normally have at the start of the episode. We have just been to Taylor's Sandwiches, and we're going to review the three sandwiches that we got from them. So, Eloise, do you have any... Tell us what your sandwich is. Right, and tell so us if you have any comments on it. I'm enjoying this immensely so far. Mm-hmm. I've got spicy chicken flatbread melt. Mm. What it involves is it involves some greenery, which is always important in a sandwich, in my opinion, because you want to feel a little bit healthy. Yeah. I think we've got some rocket, maybe some spinach leaves in there as well. We've got a spicy harissa sauce, which is made of red peppers and tomatoes. Ooh. It's a nice kick. I'm not mad on too much spice in a sandwich, but it's a little kick. which is Yeah, I, my, my spicy sandwich is also not very spicy, but it's a really nice kind of... It adds to the heat of it. And what I like about this harissa yeah. is that it's slightly creamy as well, so you don't need a mayonnaise. It's enough. Yeah. It kind of keeps it moist. I would note that all of these, um, for, for our listeners, all of these sandwiches are flatbread sandwiches, um, and they're all heated up, uh, which obviously Hence changes the melt. It. Well, yeah, yeah. They're all, yeah, they're all flatbread uh, melts. I've got cheddar in mine, and I've got chicken, and that's um, basically the sandwich. Very nice, actually. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And how's the bread? I am really impressed with this bread. The bread has se- bread seeds on. What sometimes. are these? You're, I mean, you're the one of us who's been to Taylor's before. Yeah, I'm a bit of a Taylor connoisseur. I, I, I'd have to say that the, the, the pulled pork sandwich I prefer, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a winner. But it's a rare sandwich at Taylor's. They don't make it very often. Yeah. What I like about this is I like the harissa, as I said. I like that bit of spice and I like the cheese. It's a nice, it's a, there's a nice quantity of each ingredient within the sandwich. Yet, sometimes around the edge of the sandwich, there's a little bit of a lack of filling. Oh, I see. They've kind of overcompromised. They don't want it to spill out right. while you're holding so it's it. It's nice to hold, but it's a little bit of an overkill in the middle or filling. Yeah. And at the end, it's a bit... Too much bread. Exactly. Although, with a nice bread right. like this, can you have too much? I mean, it's the, it is a lovely bread. It's It's got a nice consistency. It's spongy. It's, it's uh, yeah, it really complements the, 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 the filling nicely, actually. Mm. Ailey, you've gone for a, uh, a tuna sandwich? Yeah, Tell a tuna melt it. sandwich. Well, I've had a lot of tuna melt sandwiches. Some, somebody, I know what I like and I kind of don't mm. deviate from that a lot. But you've never had a Taylor's one? I've never had a Taylor's one. I have to say I enjoy the flatbread. I think it's it's, it's a good bread. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this particular tuna melt sandwich is slightly different in the sense that it has red pepper in it. Which I think is a, a controversial decision. I think here. that should be that could be a good addition. I think that could work. What I mean, how does it play out? I mean, I I would say it's different. It's not necessarily better or worse. Okay. Okay. Remain ambivalent on this matter. Yeah. Are you no, in general? Are you a pepper fan? I like pepper on my pizza. Um, mhm. Okay. This would be a deep fried pizza. Yes. <laughs> of course, of course. Eloise, have you heard of deep fried pizzas? Have you had one ever? I'm deeply confused by this concept. Well, it's quite simple. You take a pizza and you deep fry it. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen. Oh yeah, it is. But mm. I mean, is is food only a means of prolonging your life, or is it a kind of experience of enjoyment? And it's if a... I look at it as the latter. Then maybe you would get more. Topic, you would get a shorter but more fulfilling right life out of eating a deep fried pizza. Maybe 
Yeah. Well, it depends if you like pizza or not. Live fast, die young, as they say. <clears throat> Going back to the sandwiches, I, is that cheese in your sandwich? Yes, it's a cheddar cheese. I so think. what exactly are the ingredients? Tuna, sweet corn, red pepper. And cheese. And cheese? And the bread, yeah. All right. Do you know what variety of cheese? Because that's obviously an integral. I think point. it's a cheddar cheese. Mm-hmm. I suspect. It's a nice cheddar, actually. The Taylor's cheddar. Oh. Okay. So my sandwich. I'm having a, a melt with meatballs. Some kind of spicy something or other. It's also got cheese in and greenery on the same bread, of course. I think it's probably quite similar to yours, Eloise, but with meatballs instead of chicken. Yeah. And what I'm noticing about this, actually, is that um, the bread is getting slightly damp or slightly oily. On the bottom. On the, bo on the bottom, yeah. Because there's, there's an inconsistency in the thickness of bread. Yes, the top slice is thicker than the bottom slice. Right. And what do we feel about that? Well, what it's... What it's leading to, actually, is that the bottom slice isn't holding its own as well as the top yeah. slices. And because the meatballs have quite a lumpy, like the filling is right. quite lumpy, it's actually, if you can see this, it's actually Indentation. becoming indented. So the it's bottom... It's structural yeah, integrity. Yeah, for, for listeners who can't see this, um, the bottom slice is actually moulding around to the shape of the meatballs inside, which is... It's sort of good because it, it's moulded to my thumbs now, mm. but I don't know how I feel about a sandwich that can't structurally hold itself together as well as, like, some as some others do, I suppose. This, it still is better than... It's not a floppy sandwich. No. It like that. Yeah, it's not flopping at all. Just you if it, hold For it anyone who's worried out. about that, I am holding it in one hand right now, and it's holding its own. But I think that's because of the thick top slice and not the thin bottom slice. Right, right, yeah. Hmm. But if we had, say, two bottom slices, it would be a very different story. Oh, it would. Mm. Do you think there's too much bread? No. 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 There's a lot of filling in all of these sandwiches. Yeah. Plus, they use a flatbread, so the crust actually tastes nice. Yeah, totally, yeah. That's an important thing to say. You don't have that disappointment of getting to the end of the, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the main bit of the sandwich and, and having the crust. And, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about crusts. Oh, I mean, I once heard an interesting story of somebody whose crust got cut off their sandwich and then they just ate till near the end of, like, the edge, even though the crusts were gone. Right, so kind of a psychological what? thing. Oh, so their brain wanted to leave a crust even though there wasn't a crust to leave. Yeah. Is this someone you know? I mean, where's this story come from? It was my little brother when he was, like, oh. a small child. I mean, this is psychology of sandwiches. We're getting into quite a... A different mm. intellectual field here. I, I always like the crust. I, I like the end of the loaf as well. I think that works particularly well for toast. Not so much for sandwiches because I don't want to be overwhelmed by the bread in my sandwiches. But for toast it's nice. I think the only time that I like the, the end of the loaf is if I'm having uh, French toast. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, generally I no. Mean, just to touch on the last point there, I actually quite enjoy toast sandwich. Are you, I think you're the first person on this show who's had a toast sandwich. Right. I'm fascinated so by these. So you make a sandwich, but you toast each piece of bread separately first, and then oh, no. you pile the sandwich. That's not the same as a toast sandwich. Let me show you what a toast sandwich looks like. But when you, but when you have two bits of toast, and you put a filling between them, and then you eat them as a sandwich, surely that's a toast sandwich, is it not? You'll see why I was surprised that you would be into toast sandwiches. I mean, I love, I love the hot, kind of hot and cold 
different. Yeah, the juxtaposition. Yeah, it's not a toasty. The heat, the filling isn't heated. Exactly. What? Right. So literally, just having toast as the filling. Toast in between two slices of bread. That's. That's the true meaning of a toast sandwich. Oh my god. Oh my goodness. That is the most horrendous thing I've ever seen. I I was quite a beautiful thing actually. I mean, aesthetically. Right. Oh. Oh no. It's it's just not something you would want to eat. So aesthetically. Conceptually. It's an eyesore for me. Because yeah. you see food and you see it's you see how it will taste. Not in a kind of like yeah. I see taste kind of way, but like it's a, it's only visually appealing if it's also going to taste good. Is that what you're saying? Mm, I don't know about that. I think if someone made a really pretty salad, mm. I could find that visually appealing without necessarily wanting yeah, to eat Yeah, I the totally salad. agree with that, actually. Or if mm. there was, like, a sauce on something that was really horrible, it could look very pretty, but... I would, But the I would toast sandwich isn't visually appealing. appealing. No, there's something quite disturbing about it. Well, like it's quite story. minimalist, though, isn't yeah, it? It is. I like the simplicity of it. It's the thing that I could look, like you, you could want to look at with bewilderment for quite a long time and just try and figure it out because it's just mm. not what you're expecting to see. Mm. Something quite disconcerting there. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Now, do we want to talk about any of the other things that we saw Taylor has on offer? Because they have samosas and they have wraps. And those are both things which I think some people might call sandwiches. Well, it's interesting because I almost got the vegetable samosa today and I thought, no, you know, I don't classify that as a sandwich. Well, yeah, I was... Um, because I think it would have been quite good if you'd got that because we can talk about whether or not it's a sandwich. I think it's a pastry which puts it into its own food group. Um, mm, I don't know that I would call it pastry. I think if you're going to call a wrap a sandwich, yeah. then I'm drawing towards the idea of calling... A samosa a sandwich. Okay. But if no you take, way. what about if you take uh, a crepe and you give it savoury, like... Oh, savoury crepes. Ah. Uh, and then no, that's not a sandwich either. That's... Yeah, I am... Um... A sandwich? And what is a sandwich? Wait, do you think a wrap is a sandwich? I think I do. Yeah. Because it's bread, right? It's, it's flatbread. It's not, yeah, exactly, exactly. And sandwiches don't have to have bread. Are we going to come on to talk about some sweet sandwiches later on in the show? Uh, yeah, we can talk, yeah, we're going to talk about sweet sandwiches. Um, and they they might not always have bread. Although that, yeah, that that's an argument we can have later on. If a sandwich but, it doesn't need to have bread, then certainly we can say that a crepe with savoury filling is a sandwich. As, as long, along it could be construed as a sandwich. A samosa, though, I think um, samosas being made of pastry would fit into... I, I like to keep pastries and sandwiches separate because I think pastries are a glorious... They're, they're almost on a par with sandwiches in the variety and um, the variety of them and the fact that they span all kinds of classes and cultures. That's a feature I really like about sandwiches and pastries have their own... They do that as well. So I think a samosa should sit where it belongs in the group of pastries. And I don't believe there's much overlap between those two groups, if any at all. Wow, okay. Uh, but that's just my opinion, of course. Uh, you guys and the listeners are free to have any opinion you want. Yeah, yeah, interesting. You said about sandwiches crossing all kind of cultural divides. Yeah. Surely then a samosa... I don't know actually where I sit on this matter. Surely samosa is a... Uh, a 
I mean, where where do they originate? Is it is it Indian cuisine? It's kind of Central Asia. Right. So is it isn't isn't that a form of Asian sandwich? Well, what I would say to that is that the samosa is it's a um, it's more of a form of the a pasty, or right. something like that. Right. right. A pasty isn't a sandwich because it's made of pastry. And I think that I think a smoker. Is it bread and form of pastry in a way? Mm. No, I don't. Why I not? don't bake either bread or pastry, so I don't know the exact differences between them in how they're made. There are different types of pastry. Yeah. Because like different different types of bread, but maybe you could see bread potentially as a type of pastry. I know when you have pizza. It's possible, or or is pastry a type of bread? Hmm. Perhaps more difficult to argue, but you could <laughs> make that claim. So yeah, I I think wraps wraps I think can be called sandwiches. Samosas not so much because they have their own place in the the glorious domain of pastries and pies. Okay, so what about crepes? Crepes, crepes are an odd one. Uh, savory crepes, they're close to a wrap, aren't they? Yeah. They're very close to wrap. I, I was speaking to someone this morning, actually, who thought that a quesadilla counts as a sandwich. What which is a quesadilla? It's very similar to a savoury crepe. I don't think I've had that before. Um, it's, it's sort of... I mean, it's basically a crepe with cheese melted into it and then folded with whatever other fillings oh, you want inside lovely. it. That sounds it's lovely. It's really nice. It's really nice. You serve them hot um, and they're just delicious. And I, I'm on the fence about whether or not a quesadilla could be a sandwich, but I, I'd have to say, if you believe a quesadilla is a sandwich, then so is a savoury crepe. Mm, okay, yeah. Then why not sweet crepe? Uh, we'll see. Well, we can... I mean... Or is it more of a dessert? Is, sandwich, is a sandwich something that can be either savoury or sweet? Because can you get, like... Why right, should we... Should we sh- let's, yeah, let's just move on to the sweet sandwiches. Right now. Now, on to sweet sandwiches then. Uh, we're starting off with crepes, I suppose, since we said that a savoury crepe might be a sandwich, so why not a sweet one? Right. What's, what, what's the opinion of you guys on this? I think if you say a savoury crepe is a type of sandwich, and we can acknowledge that sweet sandwiches exist, mm. why is a sweet crepe not a type of sandwich? Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's, complete, there's some kind of... Some discrepancies there which can't be explained. I mean, you're saying we acknowledge that sweet sandwiches exist. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I believe they do, yes. I mean, you're outnumbered here, Eddie. It's not that... I would say it's not what I think of when I think of a sandwich. It's not something sweet. It's, generally speaking, a meal. And you wouldn't have a sweet meal. Yeah, I think think sweet sandwiches exist um, as a... As a fact, like it, they exist because of the existence of sweet breads, which you can have. So from there, you can derive sweet sandwiches. You might say. I mean, you can have sweet breads. You can have sweet fillings. If you have a plain, a plain loaf. Yeah. You can kind of flavour that in any way. You yeah, can. that's not savoury or sweet. You can have. You can have. You can get two slices of plain bread. Yeah. Put some Nutella in it. It's a sweet sandwich. Yeah, Nutella. Ailey, where do you stand on Nutella? Well, obviously that comes as a sweet sandwich, but a sweet sandwich is like a unique thing in that it's not really a meal, but it's also not yeah. a dessert. Because you, I don't believe that you would follow a meal with a sweet sandwich. A sweet sandwich, it's 
something that I would think, generally be I think in a lot of cases you would. Maybe not in a formal case, but I might, after a meal, crave a Nutella sandwich and have one. Another sweet sandwich we could talk about is um, the, uh, the Heart Attack Burger, which is made in a glazed donut rather than oh, an ordinary burger God. bun. So that's both savoury and sweet. In that the fillings are savoury, oh my goodness. but the bread is sweet. Um, I mean, you can take like savoury things and add sweet components to them mm. all the time, and then you just get kind of confused about where exactly you would eat that. Yeah. Um, I think that sounds crazy, but amazing. I definitely class that as a sandwich. Yeah. It's like the ice cream sandwich. Oh, oh yeah, that's the mo- that's the important, that's pro- possibly the most important sweet sandwich to discuss, is the ice cream sandwich. Right, C- two cookies with, with ice cream in the middle, that is a sandwich. Are cookies bread? Uh, no, but you don't, you don't need to have bread in a sandwich. Hmm. We, we talk about other crepe, like... Yeah, yeah, I... That you could have, I think you could have sandwiches without bread. Wait, do you have... My any... opinion on this changes... What's your condition then for the for the sandwiches of the things that go on either side if it's not bread? I'd say that a sandwich is basically just something sandwiched between sandwiched between two other entities. I don't think that's the case I because I think you can metaphorically call something a sandwich when it's something sandwiched between two other things. So, for instance, if um, I was spooning Ailey and Ailey was spooning Andy, then it would be an Ailey sandwich. But that would be in a metaphorical sense, and in order for it to be a metaphorical sense, you have to appreciate that it's not a real sandwich. It's something you're calling a sandwich. Right, okay. But what in the context of food, though? What if you had if they were both foods of ham? Okay, and then one slice is sandwiched in between the other two. That's not a sandwich, that's a piece yeah. of ham. We, um, on the last, one of our, our sandwich current events section for last week discussed a sandwich which was two slices of breaded chicken, two pieces of breaded chicken with filling in between. And I was actually, I I argued against that being a sandwich because it's not bread. We don't have to have bread in a sandwich. But if you are going to make the claim that you don't need bread in a sandwich, you need to kind of get some kind of... I think it's really something not to be absolute about. You make each each decision of is this a sandwich or is it not based on the individualistic so, circumstance. You're gonna be a particularist about it. I mean, yeah, then no, we we don't mm-hmm. know what you you need to kind of give some way of determining in each circumstance how like how how would we know in each circumstance whether something's a sandwich? Sandwich or elusive ethereal beings. Um, who uh, really knows? Who can uh, when down, when so you say that sandwiches are elusive ethereal beings, is it in a metaphysical sense? Do you believe there is an actual being which is uh, the sandwich? I or is it yes. just a vague concept? There is an actual ethereal sandwich out there. Yeah, possibly the form of the sandwich, yeah. if we're going the platonic route. Um, but so there's a metaphysical sandwich. I think there's a sandwich that exists in all of us. Ah, okay. so the sandwich yeah, is in, in ourselves. So could you, would you relate that to the metaphysical phenomenon of um, experiencing or understanding a sandwich? 
<laughs> Could so I think what we've been talking about is a metaphysical sandwich outside of the world which defines all other sandwiches. Exactly. But in fact, it may just be the metaphysical phenomenon that goes on inside our brain when we think of a sandwich. And that could also count. And that wouldn't require us to have a kind of angelic sandwich. It would just require us to have a metaphysical theory of mind. Yes, I, 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 would, I would say that's very true. What, I, what I'd say is, when, when you, you talk about colour theory, which is going on slightly, something slightly yeah. different, when you say red, you have an idea instantly in your head of the colour red. It doesn't have to be... A red shed, it doesn't yeah. have to be a red object, it doesn't have to be red seen somewhere in the real world. So there is, yeah. It has to be an idea of red. And that is not in the object. An infinite expression of red internally. I'd say that's the same thing with sandwiches. An internal sandwich that okay. exists without the constraints of reality. But would you not say that internal sandwich is different for all of us? I would actually, yeah. Yeah. So there's no one standard for what is a sandwich? No. And I think that, that's something, that's a belief you can hold whether or not you believe in this metaphysical entity of the sandwich. I mean, you can take a kind of representationalist approach of, like, a sandwich is what my brain identifies a sandwich to be. But I think to say that we're not going to have any conditions about what we will define a sandwich as is a mistake. Because, you know, you need mm. to define things on some degree. Otherwise, you know, what is anything? Mm, perhaps. Can I, um, can I, I mean, this is a really good discussion uh, but can I just stop you both there for a moment? Because we're halfway into the podcast and we haven't even done the sandwich of the week, right. uh, which we normally do first of all. <laughs> so um, I think we should move on to sandwich of the week. We might resume this metaphysical discussion in the sandwich of the week section, depending on what your sandwiches are. So on to the uh, sandwich of the week. Uh, now, I know you guys have both decided your sandwiches. Yeah. Eloise, maybe you should go for the uh, metaphysical angelic sandwich that decides all sandwiches. Or maybe something a little you know less. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take it back to a time in my past. Yeah. When I had to invent a new type of sandwich for school. <gasps> it was a school project. Wait, wait. The school project was invent a new type of sandwich. Yes, it was, yeah. Why did you not tell us this right at the very beginning? <laughs> well, it was more, it was more of just... Invent your perfect sandwich with a filling that's never been thought of My before. My goodness! And bring in the ingredients. What and subject make it was this? And eat it. Was this a? Was this, this is a... a state primary? You know. Ah, uh, it's like <laughs> it's it's free for all. It's basically. a free for all. It's. Invent a sandwich, come into school wow. with the ingredients, and I'm going to be honest. Sandwich. My school didn't teach Devout. me to make sandwiches until senior school. <laughs> I mean, it's a complex art. Uh, yeah. I think that it's something that you need to you need to acquire the knowledge of how to make a sandwich through time. It's not something yeah. you just rush into. So I have to ask. Right. What what, what was, I'm so young Eloise. Yeah. What was this sandwich that she believed so, was perfect? This is. I mean, this is me in the past. I yeah. Mean, I'd invent a very I'm not going to judge you. Today. I'm not going to judge you for anything you said. People do think this is weird, by the way. Yeah. It, okay. It was. It was not heated. It was a cold sandwich. Cold sandwich. Right. You had the bread. I, yep. I, I usually go for a kind of uh, semi-white, semi-brown, so kind of yep. mixed um, flour within the bread. I enjoy that. I think it's best of both worlds. And then the filling <clears throat> would be chicken, sliced chicken, fine, sliced chicken. very finely yeah. sliced, a nice free-range good quality chicken because we're all about that those animal rights. Um, and a very, a very delicate, soft, non-marinated chicken. 
So you just have the pure chicken taste. So at the moment, this is just the chicken sandwiches. Right, a know. very, very small amount of butter, mm -hmm. just to make the bread slightly moist. We don't want anything. As you might have on a radish and butter sandwich. I see even less yeah. than that, actually. Okay. Just so little that you, it just it creates a slight texture. Yeah. Um, mozzarella. Chicken, mozzarella, good. But not, obviously not heated, so it's just yeah. cold like mozzarella. And cucumber. Ooh. As the greenery. So this would and be... that was it. Very simple. Mm. Very subtle. I think I like the sound of that. And the cucumber, I suppose, would make up for the small amount of butter because it's already got quite a lot of moisture, moisture to it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. No, I like that. Elu, what do you think of uh, the... Limited seasoning as well. Chicken, mm. cucumber and um, mozzarella. I think it's an interesting combo. I mean, yeah. I only had chicken for the first time a few months ago, so... Ah. Um, I've only had it once in a past. I was raised a pescatarian. Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I I'm not really familiar with the taste of chicken, but I can see chicken and mozzarella. I think thing. I think this would be a very good sandwich. The ingredient that I'm kind of questioning in this kind of mix uh, is 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 the cucumber. It seems like the. You're kind of agnostic like, about whether the cucumber is a good addition. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely one that's unusual. Mm. I think m mozzarella and chicken seem like a good combination. Yeah. But adding a cucumber in there... I understand. That's the thing that usually gets people. And I, oh. I also used to enjoy, when I was younger, I used to enjoy a vegetarian version, which would be with olives instead of chicken. Now, olives instead of chicken, that would be even more moisture. Right? Exactly. I mean, you've got you olives, you you've got cucumber, you've got mozzarella. Mm -hmm. These are three potentially all adding water to the sandwich. It, I mean, I would have it without the cucumber as well. I just yeah. have um, uh, a sandwich with uh, with just mozzarella and... I would, I would hope that you have this on a ciabatta because no, no, what's the no, point no, otherwise? Absolutely not. This is what I used to have for lunch. And I've actually got so, so this is a sort of familiar British, stories about sandwiches. This is a sort of British Mediterranean fusion. Exactly. I'm mixing my roots. Ah. Of my British heritage and my yeah. French heritage. Yeah. I'm kind of amalgamating them into this. Because, of course, mozzarella comes from France. Multicultural sandwich. <laughs> no, no, no. The mozzarella comes from my small amount of Italian blood, my friend. Okay, okay. You would mix those flavours together. Lovely bit of multiculturalism in a single bite. This is why you have to have nice. lunch. Nice. I think every single nice. day you have to dab the mozzarella with tissue paper to make sure it yeah, loses I would note, its kind of residual. Water. I would note that if this was a packed lunch, then moisture is not necessarily a good thing because it can build up if you leave it in the sandwich. It's not. I mean, moisture is not your friend when you yeah. have mozzarella. So yeah. you want to dab that mozzarella with some, you know, pat it. Give it a little squidge with some with some yeah. kitchen roll. Very okay. delicately, with all the love in the world, that mozzarella will thank you later when your bread, bread's not soggy. That's all I'm going to say. Ailey, let's move on to your sandwich of the week. And before you say it, I have to note that I will be choosing one of these sandwiches to be the title of the episode. Uh, and it's normally the more outrageous <laughs> one. The more outrageous. So, uh, oh goodness, you should have what's about. your... But I, okay, I, have, I have another sandwich that I want to bring to the mix. I know that's not strictly <laughs> Look, within the rules. Okay, let's do this after Ailey's. Really I can tell you. It's we can do this... We can do this after we discuss Ailey's. Right. Ailey, take it away, girl. Okay, um, a deep fried pizza. A deep fried pizza. So. It's a sandwich. Sorry. Sorry it's not a sandwich. You don't believe it's a sandwich? No, I don't. Pizza's not a sandwich. It's, I have to say, it's it's a stretch to call it a sandwich. I mean, Ellie, earlier in this episode, you were saying we don't need 
bread for a sandwich. Yeah, but <laughs> now you're saying but equally, you can have bread without it being a sandwich. Not every single is, is well, bread and butter pudding a form of sandwich. What like what makes it not a sandwich? The fact that I mean, it depends. Are you sa- are you folding the pizza? Now, now, open face sandwiches exist. I'm gonna say. <laughs> oh, you see, I don't like that idea. <laughs> I'm sorry, but a pizza. Oh, really so <laughs> you believe that the sandwich exists in the action of the sandwiching? Of exactly, an- hence the word sandwich. But then you can take Jeez. any kind of pile of thing and say that something is sandwiched in the middle. So the deep fried pizza. Okay, Eloise. If we take two slices of pizza and put them on top of each other into a calzone. Well, possibly yes, or just two slices on top of each other. Would that, that be? I would say if you have. The pizza, you could say that the tomato sauce is sandwiched in between the bread and the and cheese, and therefore there is some kind of amount of sandwiching going on. And does the cheese you're, really? You're way wrong. Also, when you put on grated cheese, it's not one object; it's a large number of small objects. I think that your logic here is is kind of in, inherently flawed. I'm gonna question it. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on this because I don't think pizza is a form of sandwich. <laughs> and I feel quite passionate about that actually. Okay. It's a political stance, I if know, but well, I say, feel quite passionate about so it. So, your condition of a sandwich is that there has to be two whole, wholesome things that are sandwiching something else in the middle. But the thing in the middle doesn't have to be one, because you can yeah, have Yeah, obviously you can have them. multiple fillings. And for that reason, a pizza doesn't doesn't constitute. I mean, does the fact that it's deep fried help in your definition of a sandwich? Because the batter solidifies on both sides. Yeah. Could, does that help the situation? I think that's very, very, very slightly, but it's still, it's still a tricky. It's, I mean, it's a non-binary issue, isn't it? Really, it's not a sandwich, and it's not not a sandwich. Oh, I see. I might. I mean, I might try and compromise and say that I'll be on the fence with you about this one. Okay. Okay. Um, I just can I quickly mention. Yes. Yes. What is your other sandwich? Right. So I'm not saying it's a sandwich of the week. I'm merely telling this story because it's pretty legendary in my household. Which is when my brother was very, very little, the youngest of my two brothers, he's still older than me. He's now in his 20s. But when he was around like six, seven, most likely younger, he wouldn't eat anything in his sandwiches apart from, wait for it, butter with herbs de Provence, which are a type of dried herbs. Do you know when you have oregano on pizza? Dried oregano on pizza? He used to have... Bread, butter, and then and how dried herbs. How, how old was he? Dried, maybe like five, six, seven. Five, so... Dried, I'm kidding you not. Does this... Dried herbs and then another slice of bread on top. So all you'd have in the in the sandwich was dry herbs. I have to say, that's a very uh, developed taste for a five-year-old to <laughs> have. It. To refuse anything, <laughs> anything apart from herbs de Provence yeah. in your sandwich. I mean, again, it's my French roots coming through, but... I mean, that is impressive. That's very impressive. I'm and the fact that you in primary school considered the best sandwich to be uh, mozzarella. I mean, what, what can I say? Like, we're pretty... We're pretty... Posh. N- well, I wouldn't say that. I'd just say that we have an incredibly well-established sense of sophistication yeah. uh, in, our, in our taste buds at a young age in my household. And that's something I'm very proud of. My dad used to be a chef, so... Okay. Oh, that makes some sense then. Right, should we move on to the next section? Let's. So, now, we have a lot we can talk about here, um, but in order to fit it into the 45 minutes, we've had to discuss a little bit, and we've decided that we're going to be talking about a topic which we like to call 
sandwich vendor issues. Sandwich vendor issues. Yeah, I don't think this is. I don't think this is going to be a recurring game I, on the show. Do you know what? I think that was a great little jingle. It was. It was good. So uh, I think Ailey, you're in the best position to explain to us what sandwich vendor issues so encompasses exactly. This this is a branch of philosophy, by the way. Um, yeah, I would I would say it's like partially philosophy, partially sandwichology. This yeah. problem. It's, well, sandwichology encompasses all other fields. You know, um, I would say okay. So sandwich vendor issues is exploring the relationship between the sandwich maker and what happens with the sandwich. Yeah. So, for example, if a customer, if somebody is a sandwich vendor, a customer comes forward. Uh, and wants to buy a sandwich that they're going to use to kill someone, mm-hmm. then is the sandwich vendor themselves in some way responsible for I, Are you responsible person? for... If you're just doing your job as a sandwich vendor, are you responsible for what happens to if the sandwich no afterwards? no idea of what is going to happen. You're just selling the sandwich... I mean, if, you're, yeah. if you lace a sandwich with cyanide and then... Then, uh, then you're complicit, right, I think. Right, If you have absolutely no idea that this person's going to use a sandwich for kind of homicide yeah then maybe the person themselves doesn't even know maybe the person when they buy the sandwich it thinks they're just buying an extra crusty baguette because they like extra crusty baguettes but then when they um when they see their lover entwined in someone else's arms and murder both of them in a fit of rage with the crusty baguette Using the baguette as some kind of weapon so so then uh, when the sandwich was made neither the vendor or the customer knew that it was going to be used for murder. I mean, another expansion on this one is you could say, what if they got a crusty baguette and then this person had severe issues with anger management, they leave the shop and find that the, the baguette's just too crusty. Yeah. And because it's too crusty... So crusty, perhaps, that you could batter someone to death with it. Yeah. No, no, Ooh. but like they, they're annoyed yeah. that it's crusty. It depends yeah. if you could get a knife and sharpen. I mean, this is this kind of defeats the point if you have a knife to begin with. But Sharpen the baguette. Sharpen the baguette into some kind of primitive spear. Look, I don't think we want to talk about how the murders are going to be yes. carried out. Um, but the question is, to what extent is the sandwich maker responsible for anything that is done with the sandwich afterwards? It depends, it depends if they... I mean... What if, another interesting kind of moral dilemma would be, what if they put something in the sandwich, a filling or an item in the sandwich that is going to poison somebody? I mean, in, in terms of the, the food stuff, mm. it's going to give someone an allergic reaction, for example. Yes, so it's, so it's not poison, but it would kill them. Is that what it's you're saying? It's poison to them because they're, yeah. in, they're allergic or intolerant to this particular food mm-hmm. stuff or ingredient. Or if they put something in the sandwich that had gone off, that was mouldy, that was now, I think that's, without them realising. I think that's negligence. I right. think you can be sandwich held responsible negligence. for something. Yes, yes. I think if you make a sandwich with ingredients yeah. in that yeah. are that have gone off to the point of being deadly, yeah. then that's negligence. I think that, I think, I mean, I know that they're taking sandwich negligence much more seriously in the courts nowadays. I think there was a, a ruling a couple of months ago. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, there was. There was someone who died sandwich due to a bad sandwich, and um, yeah, I mean, this is incredibly was, relevant. Yeah, like, do you, how did the case play out exactly? Do you know? I think it was um, someone had a, 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 a sandwich and they didn't realise the particular filling, the particular the, the intricacies of that sandwich. I mean, know your, know your sandwich, basically, is what yeah. it comes down to. Know what you're buying. Yeah, you know I mean, you've got to... 
Yeah. No you got to think before you buy. Are. Think before you buy. You're not going to go on a crazy sandwich rampage around the streets and just buy all the sandwiches you can muster and eat, 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 eat. You need to know what you're putting in your body. Yeah, know I would your sandwich say filling. the responsibility is probably with the consumer rather than the sandwich mm. vendor. Because, do you know, they were, there's kind of research. I mean, I was interviewed about allergies and should there be laws that mean uh, sandwich shops and all kind of food places have to give very explicit like mm. um, ingredient lists so that someone with an allergy can easily see if they have an ingredient they're allergic to. And my personal opinion, which I gave at the time and I think I stand by today, is that it's the responsibility of the individual when they're buying food, when they're buying a sandwich, to say, you know, I'm allergic to this. Do you have this in your sandwich? Yeah, because you can you can ask them to mark allergens, but all kinds of things might be an allergen to someone. And it's easy enough mark, knowing to mark the mainstream ones like nuts and yeah, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, very true, very true. But, you know, at some point, you when it's such a specific issue to you mm-hmm. as a health issue, you have to be the one who's on the alert, I think. It's then another issue if the vendor says, no, it doesn't have this substance in, and it actually oh, does. Oh, yes, that's negligence. Yeah, That's Again, negligence. Straight to prison for you, matey. <laughs> but can we go back to our kind of moral acts committed using sandwiches or sandwiches that might be used for good or bad purposes go back to the kind of moral question rather than talking about allergies and this kind of thing i mean yeah i mean aside from physically hurting somebody with a sandwich is there you know any other immoral acts that can be performed with a sandwich well i suppose you could poison the sandwich after it's made but then i think the sandwich maker would not be complicit Mm, no, unless unless they said I would like uh, unless the person who buys the sandwich comes to the sandwich vendor and says your sandwiches are very good I have this specific person I want to poison they will only eat something I present to them if you make it oh so I need you to make the sandwich so that I can because because in another situation the sandwich vendor could say well if I hadn't made him the sandwich he would have just gone elsewhere but in this situation Ah, I see. More morally complex. Yes. I think that it would be up to the sandwich vendor to possibly alert the authorities that this person is is um, murderous. Yeah. What if you're what? Okay, if you make a sandwich under threat, uh, if you're if someone if you're doing it at gunpoint and you make or an a, immoral at, sandwich, or it's a baguette sandwich. across the baguette spear. Point. Yes. Yes. If someone's got a you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they've already got the crusty baguette spear, then why do they even need a poison sandwich? Well, you know, yeah. you want you want a mul- you want you want a variety of different you want a yeah. myriad of different um, because I would imagine in your arsenal, do you not? I I don't want to get too gory here, but I imagine a crusty baguette spear can only be used once because of the moisture that would be accumulated oh. during the process. This is true. Yeah. I mean, you I mean, it depends just... how crusty. <laughs> yeah. If it's, if it's in but if we place. have if we have a sandwich vendor, I mean, uh, a mini- gun- my my father collects miniature um, breakfast items, and he has a miniature- made from real food or yes, we have a miniature baguette. How long can you keep that collection and for? And this miniature baguette has been has been going strong for like a year, a year now. My goodness, maybe not a year and a half, maybe. My goodness, that's yeah. a that's really gonna interesting be, that hobby gonna, to have. That's going to be rock solid. That's going to knock somebody. You have so- your family has so many sandwich facts. What can I do? Yeah. Um... So if we have a sandwich vendor at gunpoint who's been told to make a poison sandwich or they will die, 
can they be morally responsible for making the sandwich? Ooh. Um, I think it's I that goes into the kind of place where it's not black or white; it's a grey area. Because yeah. They had the they had the opportunity not to, because you can yeah you can always say oh somebody was forced into doing it. Suppose I think, suppose they're yeah. told to make this poison sandwich, and the person who's threatening them says, "If you make this, if you don't make this sandwich for me, I will kill you. If you make this sandwich for me, then." There's a ten percent chance I will feed it to someone, and a ninety percent chance I will not, and then no one will die. I think you need to take into consideration the time between the making of the sandwich and the committing of the crime using the sandwich. Okay. Right, because if there was enough kind of time between those two integral acts, what you could do is is you could make the sandwich, and therefore be safe. Yeah. Go to the authority. I mean, go back. Yeah, yeah. You well, need to use your. Th- when someone is trying to either be negligent with their sandwiches or use sandwiches against humanity in some way, you you know, you need to you need to have a thought. Uh, you need to think about you know the authorities getting involved. It's such a shameful thing when someone's t- someone turns sandwiches against humanity. I agree. You know, it's yeah. use sandwiches for good people. This is what yeah, I think. Yeah, use sandwiches if, for good. If anything's messed with this video of this of this podcast, yeah. sorry. It's that I think that we should send the message out to humanity. Please use sandwiches for good. Use sandwiches for good and not for evil. Okay. I mean, I heard J.K. Rowling was possibly going to make another Harry Potter book about based on this issue. About sandwiches. Yeah. About, uh, yeah. 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 The sandwich she of death. Harry Potter and the sandwich yeah. of death. Harry Potter I think and the sandwich. Called, but I don't know. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> sandwiches and where to find them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that could be your book, Eloise. That could be my book because I I have a lot of good stories. You know, I think what. What the viewers should also be taking away from this is that, you know, we're, we're doing, we're talking about such important issues, uh, sandwich allergies, moral acts committed by sandwiches, and these happen in the real world every day. Wait, I mean, are these, so, let's just cut in here. I mean, you said they're moral acts committed by sandwiches. Sorry, and using sandwiches. People. The sam- sandwiches. Yeah, I mean, I mean, moral acts, I mean committed by sandwiches. It's a separate issue if sandwiches have a mind of their own. We can talk about that in the yeah. next episode. I'm, I mean, I'm talking about committed by sandwiches, as in you might say murder by piano, but it's not the piano who does the murder, but it's, you're yeah, killed using the sandwich. Like, I mean, I just want to put it out there that even the spear forgets they're not bad. They don't yeah. choose to be They're not intrinsically yet. bad. They involve Suppos- having yeah. become sharp. The, yeah. yeah. The, 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 thing, the thing that I want mm-hmm. the viewers, the listeners, to take away from this is that if they ever thought that philosophers are not down to earth, this proves them wrong. Okay, so now we're on to the part of the show where we call the sandwich hotline, which you guys will all be familiar with now. Um, so we've thought about some questions we might ask them and we think questions from the episode would be reasonable so is a pizza a sandwich and also start concerning the ethics of sandwiches would you ever like would you ever refuse to serve us a sandwich um and then if they say no then we'll hit them with the sharpened baguette issue in which it may not be right to serve them a sandwich so i have them I'm just going to get up their number on my phone. Oh, they're always all friends to us now, aren't they? I, I, I plan to make friends with these people. Here we go. Uh, let's call. Here we go. Are you guys excited? 
I'm, I'm, I'm calling buzzing, can't we? Hi, you're through to Insta's customer services. I'm uh, sorry there's no one available to take your call at present. No. However, if uh, you would like to leave your well, name and telephone number, yeah. we will call you as soon as possible. That was, that was very upsetting. I'm sorry. That's okay. I mean, at the end of the day, they, they are sandwich vendors themselves, probably. They're probably off. They're probably off. Themselves. Yeah, they're probably they're off sorting to, their own moral dilemmas. I mean, what I'm imagining. Is there some kind of state regulation about, you know, the, the responsibilities of sandwich vendors or like mm. associations where vendors can kind of. I'm imagining away. the reason why they're busy, busy right now is the sandwich makers are at home agonizing over the moral difficulties yeah, yeah. of what it is to be a sandwich vendor because i mean on the show we respect sandwich vendors we do. deeply we do. and we understand that and they have the right as well yeah we understand that their their lives and the issues they face i mean sometimes sometimes they face moral dilemmas which well, would make I mean, any normal person go. Which would make yeah. any normal person go crazy. So, I mean, people. I've, I've had people kept up at night with these kinds of issues. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not uncommon for yeah. someone so to have, some. We have to acknowledge the fact that they struggle. It's not uncommon for someone yeah. to come back from a career in the sandwich industry and. A different person changed. A, a very changed person. Yeah. Shell, I mean, sandwich shell shock. I mean, a lot of them don't even come back at all, uh, mm. after you you know after you become a sandwich vendor. Once a sandwich vendor, always a sandwich vendor. As yeah. They say. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think on that very sombre note, we can end the episode. Right. Um, I just want to wish all of our listeners uh, a good day. I think if you've been affected by any of the topics that we've discussed... Then call Ginster's Sandwich Hotline, which uh, the number is on the Ginster's Sandwiches sold in the dining hall at Somerville College. That's who you should call if you're affected by any of the issues, because... They are almost certainly affected by them as well. Uh, have a wonderful day, all of our listeners, and Thanks have a wonderful sound. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks. Um, thank you two for being <laughs> such amazing guests. This has been a wonderful, a brilliant episode. And everyone, have a wonderful sandwich. And thanks so much for having us yeah, on the show. Please, thank you. Uh,